What's up, everybody? Welcome to the world-famous Tom and Hawk Show. I'm Hawk. And I'm Joe. Quick reminder, we do a 10-minute minicast every Monday morning exclusively on Amazon Music, catching you up on the five stories from Sunday. But today, we're going to slow it down a bit. And coming up on today's show... Can the Packers hand a first L to the cards without Devontae Adams on Thursday? Did that Bucks fan get taken by Tom Brady for that 600th TD ball? And Marshawn Lynch drank before games and A.J. Brown is swearing off fast food, huh? And a game we're calling Who Blinks First, where we have a million bucks in Monopoly money on the line to see who walks away from winning first. And of course, some picks for week eight, starting with TNF, the big game, Cardinals and Packers. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tom and Hawk football show with our good friends over at Amazon Music. We've been gone for a while. Uh, So if you've been living under a rock or by some stretch of the imagination, you have never tuned in. I'm Andrew Hawkins, joined by the humblest of all co-hosts in all the land, my man, Joe Thomas. Joe, welcome back. And how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, it's great to be back, man. And I'm doing awesome because I get to look at you and your beautiful face and mm. your beautiful studio, just like this is the first time, but this is like year three or four with the Tomahawk show. Now it's the Tom and Hawk show, and we're doing bigger and better things this year. I cannot wait to dive into the rest of the NFL slate with you, my man. Bigger and better things. It's good to be back, Joe. Uh, maybe we should start there. What the hell have you been doing for like the last year and a half? <laughs> Well, if you have been living under a rock or you just hate <laughs> Thursday night football, which I'm sure there's some people out there, but I've been doing the the pregame and the postgame show for Thursday night football for about three years now. We're back on the road after being off the road doing the uh, the cave remote location pre and post game with COVID. So it's great being back in the parking lots with all the NFL fans on the sideline, getting to have the player of the game on the set with us asking questions. So it's just really fun being involved in the chaos that is an NFL game all over again. So you're on the Thursday night football broadcast alongside Colleen Wolf, the second coolest uh, animal name in all of sports media, obviously second to Hawk, (laughs) Uh, Michael Irvin, Steve Smith senior. That's a fun group. Give me a behind the story. Like what are like Steve Smith and Michael Irvin really like? They seem like I know them. They are mm-hmm. nutcases in the, the mm-hmm. in the perfect way possible. Those are my guys. But give us the fans a behind the scenes feel of what it's like <laughs> going on tour with them every single week. Yeah, no, they're they're so much fun, and we've got like a really good family with all the crew at NFL Network. They are amazing to work with, and it's really fun because I know you and I have worked at um, other networks in the past, and you have mm-hmm. to cover a lot of different things, but. Both of our passion is NFL, right? That's why we're doing this podcast. That we're yep. that's why we do the other stuff that we're doing. And so when you're working with NFL Network and you're doing the pregame, the postgame, like there is a single-minded focus on NFL football, which is really cool. Um, and we really developed like a fun family uh with that road show because we travel every Wednesday and Friday uh to do the Thursday games. And every Wednesday night, every Thursday after the game, we usually get together and have a meal or have a few drinks, and it usually turns into debauchery, which is a lot of fun. And here's a quick story. Last <laughs> week we were in Cleveland. Shout out to the CLE Northeast Ohio, uh, watching the Browns defeat the hapless ponies of Denver, the Denver Broncos. And after the game, we were out having some drinks, and Steve ordered dessert, which was awesome. And uh, he asked for him and I to get like the cookie cake with the ice cream, so a la mode, and then one of those giant sparklers. 
you know, like if you go to like a Vegas club, they put the yeah. big sparkler in the top of the champagne I, I, bottle. I didn't, I didn't take you as a Vegas VIP uh, yes. bottle champagne. Order, I am but... not. However, I have seen it on social media once oh, or okay. twice. Yeah. Uh, and so like it's 2.30 in the morning and the waitress brings out dessert for me and uh, Steve in front of the whole NFL network crew. And it's like this giant cookie cake with a scoop of vanilla ice cream and a giant sparkler on top. And everyone instantly just started breaking out laughing like, you guys are idiots. And Steve goes, hey, I'm living my best life. And he just don't care. He's like the honey badger. He don't care. He <laughs> fires, Smith. literally, if you listen to the post game with us, he fires the entire coaching staff of the losing team <laughs> every, every week. single week. It's That's amazing. Steve That's Smith like the thing. one thing they tell you at NFL Network is like, all right, we work for the NFL, so maybe like, Take it easy on this coach or that coach. Like, don't go all in and just murder him and fire him because these are these are human beings that have families. No, Steve doesn't buy into that. He fires everybody. He just comes out screaming off the top ropes. And that's why it's fun to work with him because he doesn't hold back at all. It's funny watching like Steve Smith and Michael Irvin. I mean, and they're both really, really good. I should definitely preface awesome. that with this. They're really, really good at their jobs. But it's funny watching them bring their mentalities and the way that they played football into sports media because that's exactly <laughs> who Steve Smith was as a player. Like he would not mm-hmm. last in today's no. NFL with the taunting rules. He would be getting no ejected chance. on a weekly basis. <laughs> All right, but speaking of NFL, it's time mm. to get into some football for this week. One of the biggest games of the season, an amazing matchup in the start to week eight. We got the Green Bay Packers, who are six and one, taking on the still undefeated Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night football. Now, this is, I think, for this late in the season, this is the best, like, accumulative record of two teams. So, technically, this could be the best regular season week eight game of all time. Um, Arizona, for sure, I feel like this is their most tough matchup. But can they stay undefeated against Aaron Rodgers' Joe Thomas? They will stay undefeated against Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like that is the opposite of burying the lead. Like we should have like built it up a little bit before yeah, we, we tell you probably. that we both think Arizona's who's gonna, gonna win. win? <laughs> right. Just tell me who's gonna win and then we'll move on and we can just close this podcast out. Now, I think that um Arizona is just a fantastic team top to bottom, right? They have so many athletes on that offense. Kyler Murray is so good at distributing the ball across the field. They just added Zach Ertz at tight end as if they didn't already have way too what many riches. At the skill position, like people just keep giving their great skill players to Arizona. Isn't that amazing? Like, hey, Cliff, I know you're really good at like putting dudes in space and letting them win one on one matchups. So here's DeAndre Hopkins. We don't really want him anymore. <laughs> we can give it to you for like a, a bag of used footballs if you got any of those laying around in Arizona. How does he keep pulling off these deals? Cliff must have naked pictures of other NFL coaches. Yeah, like that, that's a great question. Cliff Kingsbury must have pictures of. A lot of GMs and coaches <laughs> throughout the NFL on compromising positions that he's blackmailing with because their their offense is just completely loaded. Kyler Murray, I think he has silenced so many doubters about can you play in this league at his height, um, which you did the same thing. So I feel like you're more of a trailblazer than he is. Yeah, I, I set the pace for Kyler Murray. I, I crawled so Kyler Murray can walk, okay? So do you think Kyler Murray deserves uh, or should pay you a portion of his salary every year? Because you were the first, uh, you know, very, very, very short person to <laughs> successfully make it in the NFL. And now <laughs> after you placed that trail for, for Kyler, now he's up there completing 73% of his passes, which is just remarkable. So I, I think the reason this game could get a little bit sideways for the Packers is because of how bad the Packers defense is. Now you look at their game last week against the Washington football team 
And it was kind of a blow up by the end of the game. But when you watch that game, Washington actually, other than stubbing their toe every time they got in the red zone or close to the goal line, like they pretty much dominated that game. Taylor mm-hmm. Heineke had almost 100 yards rushing on the Green Bay defense. They Dual almost threat. put up 200 yards rushing in total, and they completely outgained him. It really was kind of one-sided except for the score because of all the turnovers and all the the fourth down uh, non-conversions for the Washington football team. So unless Green Bay's defense somehow picks it up without their defensive coordinator, who apparently is going to be on the COVID list, um, this could be one of those 40-plus point performances for Arizona. And the only way Green Bay keeps pace is if Aaron Rodgers goes full-on MVP hero mode and is able to go score for score somehow without potentially the best receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams, who may or may not miss the game because of COVID. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. It's a tough task for the Green Bay Packers. I have to take my hat off to them because after that week one blowout to the Saints and we were like, oh, yep, this is going to be very, very bad. They've won every game since and they've been playing lights out. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a, is a name that's in the MVP discussion. But when you talk about the Cardinals, to your point, the thing I like most about the Cardinals is it's not like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When we knew Tom Brady was going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he had Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Gronk, like they, we know they were loaded on offense. They wouldn't get Leonard Fournette. I feel like the Cardinals are doing it with guys that people kind of cast it off, even on defense, right? Like nobody was sure what J.J. Watt had left in the tank. There weren't teams like, you know, ready to give him the bag that he wanted. Otherwise, he wouldn't have ended up in Arizona. That's that's a reality, right? A.J. Green, another guy that has had a couple of down seasons and they thought he was done. Um, James Conner, then they go get Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz looked like Zach Ertz for the first time in a very long time, and he's only <laughs> been with the Cardinals for like 66 hours, right? Mm-hmm. So I think their weapons, and it all comes down to Kyler Murray's ability, like the best quarterbacks know your number one receiver is not a name. Your number one receiver is the guy that's open. And when you watch quarterbacks that can spread it out like that to anybody, they're hard to stop. And that's what Aaron Rodgers does, and that's what Kyler Murray is doing right now. Joe, right now, who is the better quarterback today? You got one game to win tonight. Who are you going with, Kyler Murray or Aaron Rodgers? I'm going with Aaron Rodgers because he's done it before and he'll do it again. And I always say that I don't want you to draw me a map unless you've been there. And I know Mm. Kyler Murray is the MVP of the NFL right now. There's no doubt. Like, you can't argue that with me. He's got over 70% completion percentage. He's 7-0. He's doing an incredible job of – extending plays and making plays deep after the snap, like, you know, four plus five plus seconds after the ball is snapped, he's making you pay. And even when you have the right defense called, they're winning because they're just better athletes. He's a better athlete in almost every one-on-one situation. And he's so good at distributing the football all over the field. And he's so smart about when he does it. Like he's taking those chances to extend plays at the right moments and and showing like a decision-making ability in those split-second moments that you usually see with guys who are 10 plus years. However, Aaron Rodgers has been around heck of a long time doing great MVP things for a really, really long time in this NFL. And so I'm always going to go with the guy who's got that experience in that big moment in that one game type playoff playoff playoff. How many times can I say playoff <laughs> in that one game playoff that you see when you're trying to go win a Super Bowl? I'm going with Kyler Murray and I don't care what you say because okay. you're an old timer and you like, 
Yes. You like vets? Plus, I don't want to get my house TP'd living in Wisconsin. Yeah, okay. If I, I, if I would say, yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers is washed. That's <laughs> yeah, the end gotta, of my house. You got See a family to protect. I get it. That's a, that's a great business decision. I'm going with Tyler Murray <laughs> because when I look at Aaron Rodgers, and they're both really good, so this isn't like I'm not knocking Aaron Rodgers. Kyler Murray is the MVP right now for a reason. But when I look at these two quarterbacks, what can Aaron Rodgers do that Kyler Murray can't do? And then flip that question. What can Kyler Murray do that Aaron Rodgers can't do? And that's run a 4.3 40-yard dash. So that's why I'm going with Kyler Murray because I feel like Kyler Murray has Aaron Rodgers' tool. Now, you might say, what can Aaron Rodgers do that Kyler Murray can't do? Ride a roller coaster. I get it. Okay, he's not the <laughs> he's not the tallest guy in the world, but wow. from an ability you went to standpoint, that one fast, like you've had that problem in the years <laughs> past. <laughs> Did Cedar Point kick you out because you're too short to ride the roller coaster? I laugh to keep him quiet. Yeah, uh, no, I think what you missed out on was at the beginning of that is Aaron Rodgers is better, in my opinion, in the two minute offense of being able to stand back there and carve you up moving the ball down the field from in the pocket yeah it's because Kyler Murray is kicking people's butt like he doesn't have to do it I know but that's what I'm saying like in those playoff scenarios like let's say NFC championship game they usually come down to those two minute drives right and I would take Aaron Rodgers because he's got the experience and he's a little bit better not a lot just a little bit better at standing in the pocket in the two minute drill and carving up your defense and getting what they have to get I'm Although, not going to argue that. I'm not going to argue that. I will teams say, in the NFL would take either one of those dudes. Yeah, over I mean, got. come on. It, literally, even the teams that are winning now would take either one of them. Um, I'm not going to argue that he's he's great in the two-minute offense. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is. I'm just saying we haven't seen enough of it from Kyler Murray. It's funny. When I was coming into the NFL, um, I talked Fair to criticism. a scout for the Vikings. I was trying to get a, a tryout with the Vikings coming from Canada, and they wouldn't even let me get a tryout. And the reason being was the scout said, he doesn't have enough contested catches. He's not good at <laughs> he's not good at contested catches. I had I didn't see a lot of that on his film. And I told my agent, I'm like, tell him because no one can guard me and there are no contested catches. <laughs> right. That was the easiest comeback. No one's gonna be time. close to me. So I'm not gonna have as many contested catches mm-hmm. as a guy who's slow and can't separate. Not to say I can't mm-hmm. do it. You're just not gonna see a lot of it. So I feel like that about Kyler Murray. Not to say he's not as good at the two minute office. He's just been kicking people's ass every week. So who needs a two-minute offense when he's out by the last eight minutes because they're blowing people out? Which is a, my next question to you before we move on. What is the likelihood that the Cardinals finish this season 17-0? and Which is a weird thing to say because typically it's 16-0. and If we're going by a percentage basis, I would say there's about a 2-5% to 5% chance that that happens. Just because, Man, your especially now are... with a 17-game season, right? I'm, I'm on point with my stat <laughs> game today. 2-5%. 2 to 5.1%. <laughs> so the reason I say it's a pretty low percentage is because with that extra game, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking that you're going to start seeing situations a little bit more like they do in the NBA, where down the stretch, when you've got things a little bit locked up, I'm not necessarily saying that they're, they would rest dudes like, oh, Kyler Murray, you got the whole night off. But they're going to start holding back on some of their more creative offensive schemes, their trick plays, some of their defensive pressures, because they're going to start looking at, hey, what's more important to us, going 17-0 in the regular season or winning a Super Bowl? And so they're going to want a little bit of a surprise element when they get to the playoffs. So they're not going to show all of their hand in the regular season. Guys are going to get a little bit more banged up, especially we've seen with the advent of the more spread offenses. I think you're getting a lot more collisions in open space where guys aren't seeing it, so they're not able to protect themselves. That's why we're seeing more injuries in the NFL today than we did maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, And so I think with the addition of more injuries, 
a longer season. I think the Cardinals at some point, they're going to have things wrapped up and they're going to start resting guys to try to get them healthy for the playoffs. And so I think they're going to lose a couple games that are going to be sort of meaningless down the stretch. There's, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is the rest them kind of guy. If he can go for 17-0, Cliff Kingsbury is going for the 17-0. All right, so I'm going to read some of the, mm-hmm. the, the games they have coming up, and I want you to tell me where, where the losses come. They got the Packers, the 49ers, and San Fran, the Panthers at home, at Seattle, a Geno Smith-led Seattle, at the Bears, home against the Rams, at the Lions, home against the Colts, at the Cowboys, home against the Seahawks. Where is their losses coming? The, 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 the closest ones I'm looking at are probably, what, the Rams in Arizona, at the Cowboys, Maybe the Seahawks they get Russ back. If, if you would, if you would, if you would stop teeing me up with a question and then trying to answer the question that I'm you sorry. just gave me, I'm new. I, it's been a while, Joe. We haven't done the podcast in years. All right. So against the Packers, I think they win this one. Especially, it looks like from a COVID standpoint, which everybody's sick of talking about. These teams are going in opposite directions, right? Because mm-hmm. the Packers, it seems like they've got some guys that are on the list with Devontae Adams and their defensive coordinator Joe Barry and. The Cardinals are actually getting guys back from the COVID list with Chandler Jones, who's probably their best defensive player, maybe one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. They're getting Zach Allen, another defensive lineman back. Um, and so they're getting healthier and the Packers are getting more unhealthy. They're eating too many bonbons and sitting on the couch too much. The heart disease, it's it's creeping in with the Packers. So the Packers are not going to win this one. But the 49ers, now that's a game, as you know, Kyle Shanahan drink is a very creative offensive mind. He's had Cliff Kingsbury's number in the past. Sidebar, I just made that up, and I'm not exactly sure. What's <laughs> what's their record against the Cardinals? But I feel like in my memory, that is not all that great because I gave it to football. Um, Cliff Kingsbury has been owned by Kyle Shanahan years past. So Kyle Shanahan drink. He's very creative offensively, even though they're not playing wait, 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 great James, football right quick, now. Real quick, real quick. Are you going to break down every single game of the Cardinals remainder of the season? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so don't worry. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I'll tell you where the losses come. All right. Ready. 49ers, Kyle Shannon drink. Very creative. He's owned Cliff Kingsbury. Their Rams. That's another one that, that they could lose. Okay. And then the Seahawks at the end of the season, Russell Wilson's going to be back. Russell Wilson can beat anybody at any moment and then the Cowboys really I think those there's four games that they could lose and throwing the Colts if Carson Wentz is playing like he was when they won the Super Bowl before he got injured like there's a lot of games in there that could go either way in my opinion all right I don't mind that all right so we we got them finishing with probably about three or four losses right all right so that's a little high that's a little high. Okay, so just one, one or two of those four or five are going to get the. I think, I think two to three of those they lose. You know what? I'm gonna. I, I like fun. So yeah, I like fun, and I don't <laughs> mind being wrong. I'm gonna say the Cardinals go undefeated, seventeen and zero. I'll be the first idiot to say it Put out it loud. On his tombstone. Watch, they're gonna lose on Thursday night football. All right, moving on All to right. our second topic. Let's go. Tom Brady threw his 600th career touchdown pass on Sunday to Mike Evans, and Mike Evans. Not giving a damn, just used to scoring touchdowns and getting TD passes from Tom Brady. Unbeknownst to him, gave that 600th TD pass ball to a fan and ran to the sideline. A Tampa Bay official then came and identified Mr. Byron Kennedy and said, hey, let's negotiate for this football back. Tom Brady really wants it. They ended up giving Byron uh, a different football 
game football, two signed jerseys, a helmet from Brady, a signed Mike Evans jersey, and his game cleats, two season tickets for the rest of this season, and next, $1,000 to the team store, and one Bitcoin from Brady himself. My question, Joe, is who won this deal (laughs) and why? Don't you feel like they just keep making stuff up? Because this is one of those stories that, like, after it initially happened, they were like, oh, well, we signed a hat for him and we gave him $1,000 to this team store, which cost them, like, roughly, what, 60 bucks. And then everyone was like, oh, they got screwed. That poor fan, they screwed him. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah, well, Brady gave him a signed jersey. And then, like, oh, and I gave him a Bitcoin. And, like, they just keep coming out and keep giving us more things on the margin (laughs) to make it seem like they weren't like screwing this guy so bad. Um, But I I think it was really interesting after our comment box show on Monday, people, I I threw up a question on my Twitter about, Hey, what is a non-financial thing that you would take from Tom Brady in exchange for that ball, which might be worth like, I don't know, 250, $500,000. And we got some really interesting, funny responses. Give me some. Um, Obviously some of them were not uh, PC (laughs) and, Uh, and we we can't really discuss them here, but uh, some of my favorite ones were like making Tom Brady come to your kid's birthday party and throw passes for like 30 minutes to all of his little buddies. <laughs> like, I think that would be pretty funny and, and definitely worth it. Just making him do something with from like a time standpoint would be way better because if you're just going to hold him over the barrel and make him pay you money, eh, that feels a little bit off-putting as a fan. But if you're just like, hey, Tom, this is important to you, it would be nice that I had it. but I'm willing to give it back if you give me a little bit of your time and uh, do something either a humiliating, which, you know, we would enjoy it, but we're not Tampa Bay fans. <laughs> I'm assuming the guy's a Tampa Bay fan. Then in that case, make him come to your kid's birthday party or show up to like your dinner party with your your friends uh, wearing his jersey. So that tell me really sweet. So do you feel like this is a good deal? He gets one Bitcoin, which is worth sixty two. No, it's not a good deal. I mean, like if you're talking just straight, straight up financial, like two lawyers negotiating it's not uh-huh. even close but i mean i don't know i know you're mr bitcoin i don't have any but i think they're like what 45 grand something like 62, that. Sixty-two thousand. One bitcoin right now is worth sixty-two thousand dollars. you said it like that's almost five hundred thousand because that's we're assuming that the value of this ball in a few years is gonna be like five hundred thousand so you said like sixty-two thousand, and i was like <laughs> yeah my math says that's still way less than five hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm with you i think this was a terrible deal i was talking to somebody and they were like it's not his ball you know, it's the right thing to do for a fan. I'm like, well, I guess that's the difference between us being real fans and like <laughs> football players, because I was like, I don't give a damn about a Tom Brady signed jersey. I would have slapped any other ball they brought me. I would have, as soon as I got that football, I would have walked out of the stadium and went home and and like I would have turned on like the the uh, the squid game voice where it's like you have 24 hours to get to get me my money. The price is 400000 and it's going to increase Man, by 5000 every 10 minutes that you don't send the, the wire. Nah, this man, I, I want all the money. Yeah. yeah. I, there's only one 600 TD pass ball on planet Earth. That's true. So I don't want to hear anything about like, oh, you don't know what it's worth. Well, we'll find out because I'm not giving it back. Yeah. So the guy's name was Byron Kennedy and apparently he went on NFL Network and he asked to play a round of golf with Brady. 
in return for that piece of historic memorabilia, which is kind of cool. Like I, I appreciate that. And he's getting a little bit of notoriety. So there's some value to that. Um, so I, I think overall it's kind of cool for the fan and it's cool for Brady. Cause you know, in the end, I think everybody's going to come out smelling like roses and Hey, it gives us boneheads in the media, something to talk about for it a does. couple boring days. Um, before we move on to the next topic, We've been hearing so much about players' diets recently, including yours, which you gave up pizza and Mountain Dew, which I feel like it's not even the Tom and Hawk football show now uh, without you <laughs> eating pizza beforehand and then drinking copious amounts of Mountain Dew during the show. Yeah. But you're not the only one who's more healthy now. Uh, yeah, apparently Marshawn Lynch is giving up excessive drinking because he's only taking three shots of Hennessy now uh, during the Monday night football game when he was on with the Mannings, which was pretty funny. I mean, anytime Marshawn Lynch gets uh, on TV or you give him a microphone, like he's going to make you laugh because he's just such a great personality and such a character. But Apparently, he was doing some drinking pregame when he used to play Hawk. Do you think that that is a thing in the NFL? And should we even believe that Marshawn Lynch was like knocking back some Hennessy in the locker room or maybe on the way to the stadium when he was playing? Look, I, I think it's different strokes for different folks. Do I think people have drinks before an NFL game playing? I think probably some people do. I think there's not very many people who can admit that, like Marshawn, and we all yeah, say, oh, those people are <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that Marshawn, dude, he is hilarious. Everybody is else anything, be like, oh, he has a problem. <laughs> is there anything Marshawn Lynch would do that he couldn't get away with? Like, that guy literally no. gets away with everything. When he was in college, he stole a golf cart and was doing donuts on their football field after the game, and everyone was like, oh, and Marshawn, isn't he lovable? What a sweet guy. He has, like, a real estate for an NFL player that no one else can occupy because he spent his entire, entire career not giving a damn and being himself to now, to your point, there's nothing we put past him and nobody judges him for anything he does because mm -hmm. he does. He's never like we all have this filter, especially us now being mm -hmm. in front of the camera where it's like, oh, here's a version of me that everyone knows. And then there's a version of me in <laughs> interviews and the version of me as a team leader and the version of me as a podcast host. Yeah. Marshawn is the same version of himself from the moment yeah. he wakes up to the moment he goes to bed. And so where at, at points it ruffled people. Remember when he wouldn't do the interviews and it was such a big deal and he mm -hmm. literally did not give a damn. He didn't give mm -hmm. a damn so much to where the rest of the world basically just evolved to his thinking like, well, Marshad is not going to do interviews. And that's just what it is. He got millions of dollars in endorsements for not talking to the media because after that happened, Amazing. it became like the thing like, oh, everyone loves Marshawn because he refuses to talk to the media. And so we're going to just <laughs> give him bags of money to do commercials <laughs> and make us laugh more about how he hates talking to the media. But it makes me wonder, like we've never seen a personality like Marshawn. We've never embraced a player who does things contrary to what popular popularly accepted uh, behavior is as an NFL player. I'm wondering if he's like Mr. Normal, like doesn't drink, doesn't smoke weed, doesn't like swear at home. Like he's just Mr. <laughs> prim and proper and he's the one that's putting on this show as if he doesn't give a crap when he's in front of the cameras like is it possible is, is it there possible? even just a remote chance that he is totally the opposite when he's at home and nobody's around there could be a chance in the moments i've been around him he's been the marshawn that we we see on tv gronk is kind of like that gronk is not the gronk that everyone thinks he is he's like okay when i was in new england that was like the biggest surprise to me gronk was like he's super smart 
He's very quiet. And uh, granted, we're at work, but he's not like this, you know, fun loving airhead that he plays on the commercials. He was a 4.0 student. And that's how Gronk really is. So it's funny watching him like build up a persona that is just party Gronk because he's another guy. I said about Marshawn Lynch, I should say Gronk. Marshawn and Gronk are two guys that can literally get away with anything in the NFL. Would you agree? I I would agree. How great is the USA commercials that Gronk has? He's making millions of dollars acting like an idiot. Yes. And he's so good at it, right? Like that's the brand that he's continuing to sell and he is so good at it. I I love those guys. I, I have so much respect and jealousy for players in the NFL that have those incredible brands that are able to make zillions and zillions of dollars marketing, <laughs> like A, the fact that they don't give a crap, or B, the fact that they everyone thinks they're dumb or and they like to party, which is Gronk. Well, I think as we get back to this podcast thing, I used to do a little little shot of bourbon before these, and it it, it really yeah. used to bring out the funny in me. So maybe I got to get back to it. Real quick before we move on, Joe, AJ Brown giving up fast food. Is that a good idea, bad idea, or don't you think it matters? Uh, I think it's a bad idea because we've seen AJ Brown on fast food and uh, I don't want him to give it up. It's like, yo, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. This is AJ (laughs) Brown on fast food and it's better than just about everybody in the NFL. So I don't want to experiment and take the risk that him on a healthy diet turns into like uh, some whack ass receiver that I I probably don't want to call out right now. Yeah. Somebody that you and I, you and I played with. You can say Andrew Hawkins. I won't be offended. All right, Joe, are you ready for this game called Who Blinks First? Let's do it. All right, here's the rules. Okay, we're going to take turns eliminating a team from a list until one of us isn't willing to go any further with the eliminations. We're playing for $1 million in Monopoly money. But act like it's real money, Joe. That way the stakes feel higher. Here's the topic for today. We're going to eliminate AFC teams that we believe will not make the playoffs and when one of us decides to stop, you lose. You know what? Since I'm doing all the talking right now, I'll give you the honor of going first. All right. That way I can win at the end. Much All love. right, you go first. I appreciate go it. I'm going with the Davis Mills, Houston Texans. No chance. Oh, that was easy. That's messed up. Thank you. You had to throw, you had to throw Davis Mills in there. He's, he's working his he's butt He's their off. quarterback. All right. He's playing hard. There you go. All <laughs> right. That's well, what I'm you're going... saying about a guy. They're in trouble. <laughs> All right, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. They, uh, I'm pretty sure Miami they're Dolphins. not going to make the playoffs. Miami Dolphins, they're, Miami they're to Dolphins, trade. number one, not this year. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm sorry. Even though I do like their quarterback, uh, that team is just not making the playoffs. All right, uh, these are the easy ones, right? Uh, I'm going with the Jets. Jets are one in five. Our guy is uh, over there as the O coordinator, LaFleur, our former coach, but – it's, it's going to happen eventually in New York. It's not going to happen not, this year. Jets are eliminated. All right. This is where things get a little bit more difficult. We went quickly and eliminated all the one-win teams who everybody knows is not mm-hmm. making the playoffs. So now we're getting to some of those teams that are right around 500, right? I think Denver Broncos will definitely not make the playoffs. I watched them on Thursday Night Football against the Browns. Teddy Bridgewater and that offense can't throw the ball more than about five yards down the field. The defense is not what we thought they were going to be. I don't know how many more games they can win the rest of the season. I mean, they might run into a couple crappy teams where they're able to eke out like a seven to three victory and set football back a couple of decades, but uh, there's no chance they make the playoffs. All right. Uh, this is getting considerably harder. All right. I'm going to go with 
the Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. who are three and four, and they're and they're a solid team. They've they've had some spurts on offense, but I mean, looking at what's what's left, they're they're the team that I feel least good about wow. making it to the postseason. Mm, that's a strong opinion. That, that's a great yeah. reason why you don't like them. <laughs> yeah, that was like I mean, me yesterday. This is hard when you were challenging me on comment box about w- which team that the Bills beat that uh, made me think <laughs> that they're the second best team in the NFL. And I was like, well, because I saw them and I know with my eyes that they're good. Uh, yeah. all right, I'll give you that one. Um, all right. But this I, is going to be tough. This, I'm curious this, to see where you go next. This, this was one that I was surprised you didn't take, but clearly the statue that's outside of their stadium has caused you to be biased. Uh, New England Patriots will not make the playoffs. They've got the governor on Mac which is a good thing because it allows him to develop and grow. And he's done a good job with what he's got. But you can't win with a rookie quarterback that doesn't take any risks and can't extend plays. Um, There's just no chance the New England Patriots make the playoffs. Man, I don't feel good about your pick. I don't feel good Mm -hmm. for your pick for you. Are you still in scholarship from Bill Belichick? What what do you like about the New England Patriots? I don't know. I just don't feel good about saying Bill Belichick is I wouldn't put my million dollars on Bill Belichick not going to the postseason that's all I'm saying but you you did that's good that's your money million there all right so I'm going to go next I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers because look at their division Mm. they are the bottom of the best division in football they got to contend with the Bengals the Browns and the Ravens I feel good about saying the Pittsburgh Steelers won't be in the postseason. That's a good one. Plus, um, at this point, plus Mike Tomlin's going to leave midseason to go to USC for greener pastures. So uh, they're going to be without a coach. <laughs> without a coach, who knows how long Ben Roethlisberger uh, survives the season? Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, here's one that I think might be a little controversial, but um, it's for the same reason that you mentioned. I do not think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to make the playoffs. That is the upset of this decade uh, because at one point people were saying, hey, they might be the best team in the NFL, not only the best team in the AFC, but I think they got exposed a little bit last weekend. Um, Everything is put on Lamar Jackson with that team. And while I love him and he's leading the NFL in yardage, it's just not sustainable with all the injuries that they have and couple that with playing in the AFC North where I think the Browns and the Bengals are going to make the playoffs. Um, it's going to be really, really tough for the Ravens, in my opinion, to make the playoffs. Man. All right. That's a, I feel like I kind of just won the million dollars right there, but we're <laughs> going to keep playing. Just to- <laughs> I already won because do you think the Patriots are going to make it? I didn't say they're going to make it. I just had other right. teams ahead okay. of them that I felt better about. All right. All right. Next team. Wow. This is uh, – I should have went first. Now I mean, the rest of the, the teams now here are playoff teams if you're going by how they get seeded Math- this season. Yeah, yeah. There's only seven so left. I, again, I feel like I've, I won the million with the mm-hmm. Ravens call. But I'll continue on and I'll say, oh, man, this is rough. I mean, you can just give up and say I won. I'm not going to give up. This is going to be a controversial one that I'm going to get beat beaten the head about on Twitter. I'm going to go with the Raiders, mm. who are mm-hmm. currently sitting right now at the two seed in the AFC. <laughs> but we've seen the Raiders yeah. get off to a hot start and then tail off, and they don't even have a head coach. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why I'm going with the Raiders. All right. I, I, I think we should just stop there because there's only six teams left and seven are making the playoffs. So it doesn't make sense <laughs> to continue any further because pretty soon we're going to have them all not making the playoffs. <laughs> 
Uh, but I love when we bet on stuff. It always reminds me of Mike Patton when he was our head coach, and uh, we'd always gamble in practice. If you remember, like on Fridays, they'd take like that little break, and there'd be kicking, and they would always have like somebody kick a field goal during practice, like a non-kicker player, and then they would kind of bet uh, Jolly Ranchers or no, they, Jelly Beans. They would, they would bet like a hundred Jelly mm-hmm. Beans, and he doesn't make it and stuff because technically they weren't supposed to gamble, which yeah. was. You know, you know, bounties, baloney. Yeah, no bounties on field goals in practice. So you had to bet jelly beans, <laughs> or in this case, Monopoly money. All right, Hawk, you're eliminating the Raiders. I'm eliminating the Ravens. Neither <laughs> one of us is willing to go out on a limb and say Patty Mahomes is done. Stick a fork in him, <laughs> and the Kansas City Chiefs will not make the playoffs. Which at three and four, they're not in the playoffs right now. So I think that's a natural way to end this ridiculous game and say that you <laughs> lost and I won the million dollars. <laughs> All right, Joe, time for some quick picks here, man. We're going to rapid fire through this. We talked about the Thursday night football matchup. We got the Packers versus the Cardinals. I'm going with the Cardinals because I'm not an idiot. They don't have Devontae Adams, and I feel like it's going to be hard to score points. Who do you got in that matchup? Yeah, I was originally going to pick the Packers because I I love Devontae Adams and the connection he has with Aaron Rodgers. But with him out, the Cardinals are going to win this one and might even be a blowout. Mm, All right, well, I'm kicking it back to you again. We got Pittsburgh at Cleveland. This is the big one. I love this matchup because it's Halloween. It's Steelers Browns. It's the rivalry that if you grew up in Northeast Ohio or Pennsylvania, like yes, th- it was it was the rivalry that obviously waned a long time. Uh, well, you were there destroying the history and the proud tradition of the Cleveland Browns yes, with your bad football play. I missed that <laughs> whole generation. I was taking a nap. Um, but this is awesome. <laughs> Halloween, such a cool. Uh, environment for these guys to go at it and i like the browns in this one which is a huge shocker i'm sure for everybody but if (laughs) i'm gonna put my analyst hat on for a second and take the bias away from my mouth i'm gonna say that cleveland is getting healthy right now with nick chubb coming back jack conklin is back who's their right tackle they're gonna be able to run the football very effectively jarvis landry's back i think odell beckham's gonna play um this is a team that's getting healthy probably no baker mayfield but case keenum showed us last week he can efficiently move that football down the field he can make the plays that are there you know he's not going to go and be Patrick Mahomes but you don't have to be when you have that running game and those weapons just get the ball out of your hands let those studs on the outside do what they do yeah he he did a great job moving that ball down the field by turning around and giving it to Dearness Johnson (laughs) hey hooker by crook baby it doesn't matter how it happens just get it in the end zone Whatever you got to do, however you got to turn around as fast yeah. as you can, give it to whoever's standing behind you. <laughs> no, I got the Browns winning in this one as well. The run game is going to look dominant. All right, we got New England Patriots versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Joe, who you got? Yeah, this one's easy. Chargers, they were on by last week. They're going to win this one. The Patriots, they dog smashed whoever they had. I, I don't even remember who they played, but they crushed. Oh, it was the Jets. Um, but that's not going to happen against the Chargers. These are This is an adult football team with a quarterback who's in the MVP race, Justin Herbert. So this one's easy, Chargers. Oh, man, I don't know where to go with this one. I kind of want to pick the Patriots here. A little bit of me wants to do it. All right, I'm going to stick with the Chargers, but we're going to put a pin oh. in that for later in the week. Let's wow. check back with me Maybe on Thursday. I might change my mind there. There you yeah. go. All right, Tampa like Bay Buccaneers. When, when we're on Thursday Night Football and we're picking, he's always like, well, I'm going to pick these guys, but, you know, they're also great on the other side. And then whenever <laughs> whoever wins, he's like, oh, I, I should have gone with my gut, you know. So he's always hedging his bets, just like you did there. There you go. Uh, Tampa right. at New Orleans, right? This one's actually a pretty 
solid matchup here. I got the Buccaneers. I don't know what you think, but Saints are looking solid, but they just still don't have good enough quarterback play from Jameis Winston to be able to beat the Buccaneers. The weird thing about the Saints is like Jameis, quote unquote, not having a good enough quarterback play is like good quarterback play because he has 13 touchdown passes to three interceptions. And that's like, you can tell he's not trying to go full on himself. Like he doesn't full want to go on full Jameis. Jameis. Yeah, because then it, he Jameis. probably will throw it all over the mm-hmm. yard, but there'll be turnovers. So he's done a good job of being like, okay, I'm just going to do what's needed and not like go with my instinct just to take risk. And it's, I mean, they've been playing well. That being said, I'm going with the Buccaneers because, you know, Tom Brady, and um, hopefully he has enough money left over from giving that Bitcoin away. Um, that he can he can suit up for this game as well. All right, last game, Joe. Dallas Cowboys versus the Minnesota Vikings. Who are you going with? Yeah, this is a game on Sunday Night Football that is actually a pretty good matchup. We haven't had many of them Sunday nighters this year that were exciting. And uh, I like Dallas in this one, right? Dallas playing so good on offense. And Minnesota, like, it's classic Kirk Cousins. They give you just enough to maybe want to believe, but they can never finish the big game. And I don't think that they can win this game uh, in front of a huge national audience because everybody likes to watch the Cowboys. Yeah, Kid Cousy's been playing well, but I like the Cowboys, man. They're a complete team. Their only loss comes against the Buccaneers by a field goal. Their schedule hasn't been super hard, but they've done what they needed to do against um, bad teams and dominated them. So I'm going with the Cowboys in that one as well. All right, Joe, before we go, there's one last question I got for you. The more important NFL-related holiday, is it Tight Ends Day or Andrew Hawkins Day, which is 1020? Tight Ends Day was 1024. Well, in honor of our former teammate, Gary Barnage, I'm going to pick Andrew Hawkins Day because (laughs) you're my guy. And as much as I love tight ends, I was always a little jealous of him because I played tight end in high school. And then you get to college in the NFL, and I started eating a lot of pizza, drinking a lot of beer, eating cheese curds. I got really tubby. And you always see the tight ends with the good-looking girls, and they always get the media, and everybody wants to talk about how great they are. They score touchdowns, but they're still allowed to get their hands dirty and block, uh, which everybody loves to do, including yourself. Um, So there's still too much jealousy between me and tight ends to love them as much as I love you, Andrew. I appreciate that. I agree. I think Andrew Hawkins Day is the better of the holidays. I actually hate National Tight Ends Day, and I'm going to rally against it next year. (laughs) I don't like it because when a tight end is getting the ball, that means a slot receiver isn't. That's right. All right, that does it for this episode of the Tom and Hawk Football Show. Remember to check out our Monday minicast exclusively on Amazon Music. And be sure to follow the Tom and Hawk Football Show on Amazon Music so you don't miss an episode. Joe, we're about to get out of here. Give me your final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts is uh, I was driving down the street the other day and I went past a mattress store and uh, there was a big sign outside that said, mattresses on sale now. And not that I ever waste time and actually go into stores and do shopping anymore outside of Amazon and shopping online. Uh, But I was thinking, have you ever gone past the mattress store and mattresses weren't on sale? Think about it. (laughs) Oh, wow. We are in rare form. Happy to be back with you, Joe. (laughs) That does it for this episode. Joe, take us out. Joe Hawk yourself.